Welcome to the Gods of Ghost Volleyball Podcast in your host, Scott Bemke. This podcast features Ron Lang's rebuttal to Bob Vogelsang's recent part three and part four podcast interviews when it comes to the actual facts of what happened throughout the history of the sport. So you'll get a kick out of listening to this is uh, you might imagine Lang respects his legacy and wants to make sure the history of the sport's recorded properly. So with that being said, enjoy. It's worth the listen. He's on fire. Speaking with Ron Lang this evening, it's August 22nd, 2020, 8.30 Central Time, 6.30 California Time, and Mr. Lang is going to address... The uh, inaccuracies that Bob Vogelsang recently had with his interview, so we can make sure history is recorded properly. So, Ron, the floor is all yours. Well, first, I'd like to say that I would never comment on anybody's opinion. I mean, an opinion you can disagree with, maybe even argue against. An example of that is David Boardwell said. If he thought thought he would play with, had been able to play with uh, Peter Velasco, he'd won 10 or 15 more tournaments or 10 or 15 tournaments. I, I totally disagree with that, but that's David's opinion. Uh, I can ha- give an argument for that, my side of the argument, but I would never call him down for it. I mean, that's his opinion. But when somebody dis- outright distorts what actually happened, it just galls me. When I heard the last interview, the the, the number two, I went to bed and I could hardly go to sleep. Was that, I think that was after the part three one, I'm I'm assuming. I, I don't remember which one. Number one, the story about the, the skin diving thing is kind of amusing. What I'm saying about that, is that he said after Mike's uh, accident, he worked at the dive shop, the Malibu dive shop. He didn't work at the Malibu dive shop. He owned the fucking dive shop. That was his business. That's how he made his living. And that's just more of, of the type of thing that he does. Another thing that he does is he never he never makes a positive comment about anybody. He said, I'll give you a quote and an example. He said he didn't think Henry Bergman was a very good hitter. 
wanted to hit a certain angle all the time. And that he could go up and block that angle or go back and dig him. Well, I'm three times a digger that Vogie is, and I know where he's, where Burton hit the ball. But I say it's like it's like hitting a 100 mile an hour fastball. You, you know where it's going, but you can't do anything about it. I mean, I, I, that just downgrades uh, Bergman. Everybody you've ever talked to says he was a great hitter. And for him to, 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 to say that he wasn't is an insult in my way of thinking. Uh, he said Pfluger was just an okay player. He couldn't jump very well. He was an okay athlete. Fluger was a great athlete. He was a great bowler. He, he, he could run forever. He, he had a dynamite arm swing. Had one of the best sky balls on the beach. And he was a really good competitor. He had some deficiencies in his game, which everybody does, that people were able to take advantage. But I don't appreciate Vogie... Uh, integrating players. Then he talked about the 1960 U.S. national team. The U.S. Uh, the the winner of the uh, in the uh, indoor six-man team that won the nationals. And that was it. Was that in Dallas? If my memory serves me that right. That was in Dallas. Okay. I, I was a member of that team, and I was in the army, so I didn't play all year. Selzy got me an extra leave time to go back and play at the, at the Nationals. Bogey, to my remembrance, was never on the court. He wasn't on the court when we won the first double finals, or the first finals, and he wasn't on the court when we won the, the double finals. And I bet you if somebody asked him how many games Westside Jewish Community Center won that day, he couldn't tell you. Now, he may, he may have been on the team during the season, but I, to my way of recollection, I know he didn't play in the finals. At the Nationals. And he was not a part of that team. And that's another bone of contention. Then he said, in the last interview, he used to be Gene and I a lot, and he beat Ronnie and I a lot. Well, he never finished ahead of Gene and I in a tournament, or Ronnie and I in a tournament. And for him to say that's a bull-faced lie. Ronnie and I have discussed this, and we can't remember ever losing a game to him during the week. Now, we may have lost a game during the tournament, but we, he never finished ahead of us. And he never finished ahead of Gene and I. I mean, uh, I played from 56, to, I played one tournament in 1976, so that's almost 20 years. I played 83 tournaments, only 15 times that I finished worse than third. The rest of the time I was first or second. And for him to say that he beat us all the time is just BS. I mean, it just doesn't hold any water. 
then he said that a volleyball magazine put out rated the top 10 or top 15 players and he was in the top five he was ranked fifth you name a sport for me where somebody who's never won a tournament or never hit a home run gets that kind of adulation and respect the two times that I, I they rated teams they rated Kent Steffes one one magazine ran Kent Steffes and Karch, the best team. Ronnie and I were second, G and I were third. Another magazine picked the top 20 teams. Ronnie and I were one of the top 20. And the Japanese women and Hollywood YMCA, the Japanese Olympic team and Hollywood YMCA, and a, some women's uh, doubles teams were in that 20. Nowhere was Vogue ever mentioned. You're talking about like the volleyball magazine that came out probably in the mid-90s, I think. I, I'm not sure if maybe John Hastings was the author or what have you when they ranked the 20 greatest teams of all time. I think I have that issue. Does that sound about what you're talking about for that one? Uh, yeah, that's one of them. The other one earlier than that. Okay. You know, Vogue played... I think he played twice with Selznick. At a time when Selznick was at the peak of his career, he was probably 30, 31. And Vogie said that he didn't try very hard. He wanted to just shoot the ball. Well, if he was shooting the ball, it was because he couldn't get a set. <laughs> if you got him on the net, he was going to hit it. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Then he played three tournaments with Von Hagen. He got two seconds and a fourth. So now he's played with two of the best players in the history of the game. If you want to say top 10 players in the history, top 15, but arguably in his time frame, one of the best players. Top three. And he couldn't win with them. He's always got an excuse and blames everybody else. The referee did it. He's always drinking beer. Or, I mean, he's always got an excuse for why they didn't, why he didn't win. Then he said that he and Ernie played at Samuel High for eight or nine years and won all the doubles tournaments. Those indoor doubles? Indoor doubles. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but I will say this, in the time frame that he would have been doing that, I was playing all the time, and I loved indoor doubles. In fact, I won almost every time I played. I played with Jim Kaufman, and we won the California State Indoor Doubles Championships at uh, Long Beach three or four years in a row. We played against all the good indoor players, and if he won eight or nine times in a row, um, he was playing against single-A players. I mean, I, I find it very, very hard. Then he claims that um, Ronnie and I would go talk to other teams when he played and tell them to serve Vogue because he can't last. 
And he said, well, I was jump serving, I was blocking, I was hitting. Of course I'm going to get tired. We never talked to anybody unless somebody asked me. And then the San Diego tournament that he went to great lengths to talk about. The one that he played with with Fluger and took a few uh, extended trips down the beach to body surf and whatnot? Yeah. Well, he, he was taking extended trips. And Fluger said to him, you do that one more. If we win this match, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, I'm going to go home. He wasn't going to stick around if he pulled that one more time. That's right. So he did it one more time. They won the match. And Fluger went home. He was on the 405 before we knew it. Yeah. And, and, I mean, he talks about the referee calling him over the net, a delay a game. I mean, he's got all kinds of excuses for why they lost. And it, it's ridiculous. And, and my personal opinion, he thinks everybody likes him. You know, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm obviously very biased. I can't stand the guy. I think he's bad for the sport. He, he makes a joke of it. Uh, if you're going to be competing, you don't go get drunk to compete. Like the 67 you know, like, uh, uh, Manhattan with Lika and him? Pardon me? Like the 67 Manhattan with Lika and him. Yeah, that, that, that's, you know, um, Bobby Knight says, most players have the will to win, but most players don't have the will to do what is necessary to win. Have the will, but not the will to do what is necessary. And he never had the will to do what is necessary. And then Vogie said he played with me. That's BS. Oh, he also, in 1965, he was seated 16th in that 1965 bracket. Yeah, with Butch made, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't even get in the top five with Butch May, who was a top player. You know, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm not pleased to denigrate anybody, but uh, I've never, you know, when Mike O'Hara died, his family asked me to speak in his wake, and I had two choices, go down to speak in his wake, or the following weekend go down to Southern California to get inaugurated into the Indoor Volleyball Hall of Fame, Southern California Indoor Hall of Fame. I chose to go to Mike's Wake. It's just too expensive to drive down there, spend three days in a hotel. So I chose Mike Mike's Wake. To pay your respects to him as opposed to yourself. Yeah. And uh, you can't, you wouldn't put Vogue in that class. And it's, uh, for, for, you know, um, and he was not very, he wasn't very complimentary to Larry Rundle. I mean, I played against some really good teams, but I think Rundle and Bergman are the toughest team I ever played. That's saying a lot. Because they had no weaknesses. 
shades the spotlight on him and denigrates the other player. And that's just the kind of guy he is. That's my rant. So that must have been brutal to listen to then is what you're telling me. Well, it, you know, I mean, there were some really good hitters that he never got by. I mean, uh, Dennis, Dennis Dugan and John Taylor could bomb the ball. Now they had other weaknesses, but they could hit hard. Kilgore could crunch it, and Rudy Sawar could hit it. And Ernie and Keith and the Mike, the Mike, so Aaron and uh, Bright, all those guys could bring it, bring the ball, and he wasn't anywhere near their, that caliber. Yeah, and you said the same about uh, Raffaro, Riffraff. He could put it down too. Raffaro could really hit it, but again, he, you know, everybody has a weakness, and sometimes you find it and early, and sometimes you don't find it until it's too late in a tournament. What was Vogie's weakness besides his memory? No, I, uh, <laughs> Vogie would always find a way to lose. Ronnie said in wonderment that he played with him, they were they were playing for third or fourth place, and they were making. And he Vogie was getting ready to serve, and he said, "Vogie, make sure you get this serve in." We served in the middle of the net. Said right then and there, I knew we weren't going to win. You know, you have momentum and go, go along, and he just blew the momentum. You know, I, I will give him. I will give him one piece of credit. Uh, he did beat me in a mixed tournament, but he said after the tournament, I said you had a better partner than I did. I would never denigrate my partner that way. Those words never crossed your lips. No. I would never denigrate my partner that way. It's a, it's a team event, and you win or die. I certainly wouldn't, if I were going to say it, I certainly wouldn't say it to my opponent. You know? Fogey's weakness is he, he was afraid to win. He always found a way to lose. Selznick used to tell his girls, damn it all, you girls are afraid to win. Just play your best ball and let the chips fall where they may. You know, there's no nothing wrong with losing if you're you try your hardest and you play your best. But if you don't try and you're looking for excuses, and every time he tells a story about when he didn't win, he has an excuse for it. You know, I might call her, might call him Hillary Clinton. <laughs> That's about the uh, worst comparison that uh, you can make for, uh, to someone. No, I, I'm saying that because she's had ten, ten excuses every month. Why she? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I... That, that's that's all I meant by that. You know, I mean, he's always got an excuse why he lost. Yeah, it's never so, you. It was always somebody else. Never, never his mistake. You know, and. Uh, I don't think you've ever heard me express an opinion, a negative opinion, uh, about somebody's game. Maybe I could beat them because they had a flaw. 
and I took advantage of the flaw. And that's all part of the game. You know, I I don't like doing this really in one respect because he's got an opinion and he's entitled to it. But at least have some uh, modicum of truth in what you say. Or some facts and data to back it up because if you don't then... Yeah. Well, yeah, it's important that history is remembered correctly, and I know, uh, you know, Von Hagen said as much that, you know, it's not right to spout things off if not have it recorded properly or correctly, and I totally get where you guys are coming from. Well, you know, you you know, Ryan and I, we won darn... Gene and I and Ryan and I collectively won 70% of the tournaments over an 11-year period. And that doesn't leave much much room for anybody else because there was also Brighton O'Hara. Bernie was still playing. Uh, Erickson and uh, Sawara had some good finishes. Brighton, Sawara, um, Bright and Ernie. Uh, uh, Brighton, Keith Erickson, Keith Erickson and Ernie. I mean, there were a lot of good players around. So, Rundle, Bergman, and yeah, there was. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't even mention them, but I've all, I've already said how I how I rate them. So that's my story. In f- a factual one. Well, from my perspective. Again, it's a, just an opinion. Well, you know, he may have won eight or nine years in a row at, at Samuel High, but I seriously doubt it because I would have known about the tournaments. Samuel High in Santa Monica, within ten miles of the beach, I would have known about the tournaments. As a matter of fact, I got in an argument with Fluger one time, and somehow I found out he was playing in the tournament. At Samuel High. So I asked Ernie if he wanted to play in a tournament. He said, sure. Well, we ended up winning the tournament. Be Fluger. So, you know, it, it just, it's insane his perspective. And I guess, I guess if I'll speak for Ronnie, you know, he, he can't remember ever losing the game to him and, and on the beach during the week. Now, I can't either, but we could have. But we didn't in the first two years we played together. And it's not that we were invincible. We ended up losing to, to a single-A player and a double-A player the first time we lost. Who was that? Uh, Rudy Sawara and um, Dan Patterson. No, no, no. Dan. Oh, uh, his wife was a great player. I can't think of his last name. McFarland. No, one Dan McFarland. Anyhow, but we lost the two guys. That we beat ninety times out of ninety nine times out of a hundred. 
So, you know, we were beatable. We had a little bit of an off day, and they they didn't. So, anyhow. Well, I'm glad we got this, and I'll uh, make sure to present this part of it on uh, the old school group and God's Ghost Volleyball page in the podcast. So, all right, right, Ado, appreciate you uh, clarifying and uh, putting things in perspective. All right. Okay, have a great evening. Good night, Ron. This concludes Ron Lang's rebuttal to Vogie's misconstruence of some facts when it comes to wins and losses and tournaments and what really happened in the history of the sport. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our next podcast, which is going to feature Bill Lika Part 2.